man. It's yeah. the reason I like get up every day. I found it and it was like, gave me a purpose in life and kind of let people into how my mind works. It's a very like meditative process for me and it's becoming like a, a spiritual practice type of thing. Yeah. Bridging the gap, bringing everyone together in this community that's creative, that does creative shit, does dope shit, anything that's art related, together. Community is the, is the right word for it and, and that's what we're doing today is we're building a community and we're building a culture and I'm very, very excited to be a part of it. Hey, this is Boseco Lo Combo. I'm JML. Yo, this is SJ Rob from Two Cream to Trigger. Hi, it's KC, and you're listening to 101.7 Chill Rose Radio. I'm Taylor Burke with Chill Rose Radio. What up, it's your boy JB from JB Gear. You're tuned in with Chill Rose Radio. Yo, what's up, it's Elijah Blanc. You're listening to Chill Rose Radio. Yo, 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 it's Farah. You're listening to Chill Rose Radio at 101.7 FM. Hey, yo, it's Miscondi out here. Hey, yo, this is Noon, and you're now listening to Chill Rose Radio, 101.7 Civil FM. You heard me? Support local, baby. You are now tuned into Chill Rose Radio. This is DJ Darko, aka the LeVar Burton of music. This is episode 122 of Chill Rose Radio. Thank you for tuning in. On today's episode, we have Kid Filthy. Or we or rather we have an interview with Kid Filthy that I did on Friday and this has been something that I've been uh, like I say in the interview this has been something that I've been waiting to do but in 2020 fashion it 2020'd can 2020 be like um, an adjective from now on moving forward in the future 2020 just gonna be an adjective it's like yo man you really 2020 that cause that's what happened right so and this is how serious I was about really wanting to do this interview and wanting to give you the best quality possible in 2020, as 2020 does what 2020 does. I was about to re-record all of my parts because my audio came out like dog doo-doo and I really wanted it to be really amazing. But I cannot recreate my feelings, my emotions, my tones, etc. I cannot recreate those things. It was in the moment. And that's just what I'm going to, you know, that's just what I'm going to have to give you to put forward. I did my best to edit as best as I could, but 2020 is 2020. You know, this is, this is just another reason why I miss being in the studio so much. I'm like, I miss the fact knowing that like, once I press this button and that mic turns on, everything is going to work exactly how I want it to. You know, there isn't going to be any hidden secrets that I'm going to find at the end of the episode. You know, so with that being said, I've already done enough talking. We're going to be playing Good Looks off of Broke, Black and Thuggin. That is the latest project that Kid Filthy has dropped. And then we'll get right into the interview after that. So stick around, keep it locked, Chilbo's Radio. This is Kid Filthy with Good Looks.
Thank you so much for having me, man. Like, for real, thank you, thank you. Of course, man. Like, honestly, like, I had to, like, I've been waiting for this moment for, like, a while. And, like, of course, 2020 has been 2020. But I think uh, the first time that I met you was at the Movi concert, if I'm not wrong. That's right. Uh, the one at Fortune. The one at Fortune. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, so- yeah, before that, before that, like, I didn't really had no idea. Because, again, I was an outsider coming from Abbey. And, like, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any idea of, like, who you were. But like mm-hmm. the minute that I heard your live performance of that verse on that song yeah. with you and Tion and Bovi, I was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. yep. Cause like for me personally, like, um, especially now in the music that I'm, that I'm gravitating to and the music that I'm listening to, it's all yeah. about like tone. It's all about tone to me. Like mm-hmm. I'm really big on people's tones. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel that like, Yours in particular is very distinct, and like that's why I feel like you sort of like stand out and like separate yourself from like uh, a lot of like the the melodic rappers, if you will, 
uh, coming up in the game too, because I feel like your tone is, is different than than most. Mm-hmm. So it, like it really puts you in a different uh, in a different box or a category than like than most people. Really. Wow, for real. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, that's like something I really try to. Um, well, I, I feel like I'm still in the midst of really working that out in terms of like really honing my own sound. But like that's something I always wanted to really be be able to have a listener be able to 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 see like distinctively that this is filthy compared to anyone else that they're listening to. Like I always wanted to be able to stand out. So like that's that really means a lot, man. Thank. You. All right, so we got a few uh, questions here. So let's just start right at the beginning. Uh, so I had been listening to a few of your other interviews you did one on six or four come up and then you also had one with kyle bowen yeah shut up how did you yeah. get the name like i know the story i saw the, i saw the video but for the people who don't know yeah tell a bit about that oh uh, yeah i always tell my homies like um i guess i was kid filthy before i was kid filthy just because um the name really was my twitter handle and um I, yeah i made a twitter probably like in like 10th grade or something like early i was early on twitter and um I can't remember what it was before I changed it to Kid Philby, but I was around 16. I was with my cousin and we had gone out one night, just up to no good, like shenanigans. And he had this whole thing where he, I don't know, for some reason he didn't want his older friends to like know one my age and like, I don't know my name for whatever reason. So he just told me like, yo, like I'm young filthy and you're kid filthy. And that's, that's all people need to know. I'm just stuck, you know? So like, that's where it originates from. That night where I went out with my cousin and he just told me that and it just stuck. So I ended up, ended up, you know, switching my Twitter handle to Kid Filthy. And this is way before I ever like wrote one bar. Like I didn't, like I grew up surrounded by music, but I didn't like have this rap thing in my head, like secretly or anything. Like it was never in the line of sight. So like, this was way before the music was like a reality. And it just kind of stuck and when it was time to like, I guess, find a name or when I got into music, it just kind of carried over. Like my friends were already calling me filthy because of the Twitter thing. So it was, it was really, it was always there. It was just, I guess, like the name was already there. It was just waiting for me to actually bring artistry to life. And, but yeah, that's where the name Kid Filthy comes from, man. Just a, a night full of mistakes, but um, you know, granted it led into something beautiful. So, but yeah, yeah, that's Kid Filthy. Dope, dope. And like, honestly, I feel like uh, your cousin might have just been like looking out for you just in case people like remember your name and like, you know, some shit goes down or whatever. Then they don't know your real name and shit. Oh, like, for I sure. Like that, I mean, from my perspective, that, like, that's what I see you as, you know? It, yo, you're totally right. Um, totally right. At the time, I just was too naive to even like think about that. <laughs> but um, looking back, that's definitely what he was getting at. Because, yeah, some things that occur that night, um, I'm not saying we took part in anything crazy, but like things happened that <laughs> night, uh, which, you know, like me not having my real name out there definitely um, is going to play a, a part in my life positively. But um, yeah, and the reason why I, you know, it wasn't just because of the Twitter thing and like my cousin telling me that. Um, I felt like, you know, I was able to resonate with the name because um, just like my upbringing and I always felt like, you know, um, I came like from the gutter. So like I use the word kid filthy. It's it's almost like a, um, I don't know, there's a bit of a dichotomy to it. So like, like a youthful spirit, but as well like coming from something that's treacherous and 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 what's looked as as, as, as like a less privileged so like i, I kind of just kept that i was able to always have my my spirits high and my spirits like hopeful and youthful while i was going through things that like 
grown people were dealing with or like like serious situations in life that that, that should be occurring you know maybe not should be but most of the time people go through these things when they might be a little bit older so i kind of like the dichotomy there kid filthy and you know and that's kind of also why i held on to it it wasn't just solely from the twitter thing but yeah i felt like a, a, a form of a connection to it just go like relating to my upbringing so but yeah that's about it all around that's a really good point too and i feel like like it's the reason why like i'm blessed to be able to have like these uh, uh, these sit down conversations because then we can like sort of break things break things up and break things down further so that like the listener and the people who really enjoy your music can have like a better connection to what you do and like what uh, your music means and even just your name too so it's like now they have like a double understanding of, yeah. of your name get filthy wasn't just like something that you always just had now it's like a reflection of you um, mm-hmm. and your upbringing so i feel like it's dope to be able to uh, to have these conversations on and then also just like yeah. to break down things further so that the listener gets a better understanding yeah absolutely absolutely yeah but all right so the next question i have um say you're saying that uh before uh, your artistry came alive and before you jumped into music but uh, what was it about music that drew you to it? Because I mean, you could have been doing any sort of art form. You could have done visual arts, graphic design. Uh, but what about music was it that uh, that drew you to it? Yeah, you know, um, what it was, was I always say like my father was my biggest inspiration. Um, I grew up in a household filled with music. Um, as I'm sure you, you as well, being Congolese, like, you know, not only was music played in the house, like through the speakers, but like it was also being played by my parents and like, my siblings so I, I grew up like not only in the church but as well as like really exposed to music um, my father was a musician is a musician still um, on his like leisure time um, he plays a variety of instruments whether it's like guitar drums piano like he plays all those instruments at a high level and so I was always exposed to music and like performance arts and like and just that whole um, yeah just like performing and music and rehearsal like that's always been instilled in me just because from the church like i would go to the choir practice and you know i would i would take part in the choir or take part in whatever that's going on with the youth so i was always exposed to it but um it just became like routine in my life so it was just something that's that was just always there kind of like subconsciously and i remember being like i remember being like eight years old and my father can attest to this but like i, I was like eight years old when i like i took he had a tape recorder and it was like one morning where we um, where we wanted to I don't know either practice some worship songs or like do something like that with the with the instruments, and but my dad didn't have any more songs to practice or something, so like I don't know what made me do this, but I was just like, yo, how, what if I just wrote a song right now? Like I just said that like what, why don't we just make up a new song if you don't have? <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was like, okay, like sure, and I just made up this song, man, and that was that was like the first time I wrote a song was then and there like he played out the chords and I just sang like this like four or eight bar melody and and that was that and like from then to like all the way to high school I, I never wrote music ever again like that was like the first time I like wrote a song with me you know thinking like okay I'm gonna write this song but then after that like the, the thought of writing a song never really came to mind but um you know of course it made its way around to come back when I got older, but I was always drawn, I was always exposed to the music. And I watched my dad, um, you know, pursue that dream. I I watched him pursue that musical dream when I was a kid, but you know, when you're so young, you're you're not even aware of what's really going on. So I always, I just knew my dad like liked to play instruments. He was really talented. 
And um, that always just drove me to it. So I was always in love with music and I used to like dance a lot when I was a kid. So like, I was really like deep into music. I loved it so much. Like, I, I just loved it so much. But um, the thought of actually writing the music didn't come until, I guess, you know, I came to, it was more of like a coming of age thing when I can finally process some of my own emotions and like have my own, have my own um, at the time I thought was like, you know, having my own understanding of things at, at, at the age of like 17 or whatever. Like when you're going through that coming of age process, like that's when I started to want to express myself. And, you know, I grew up a pretty shy kid. So it took me some time to be able to um, really just, you know, like, like open up and be vulnerable. Cause I was so in love with the music. I knew that if I were to make music, it couldn't be on some like, um, just on something I didn't connect with, whatever it is. So that's, yeah, that's really what I feel around it. When I, when I just was able to process my own emotions, like at a, at a more mature place at the time. And from there I was like, you know what? I can use this music to maybe, you know, to, to help myself with some things or just to make me feel better or just as a new hobby. So yeah, it really came to that, just like, it was always there. It's that that music thing was just, it was always there, but I never fully paid attention to it until I, I got a little older. Uh, that segues perfectly into the next question I have, because like, uh, do you make it a point to address like your emotions and and uh, be a bit more introspective uh, through your music? Because like, there's songs like Murder, Zombie Eyes, and even like Filthy Interlude, where like, where like the songs are very are very personal, and I'm sure you're speaking through like experiences that you've had. But like, do you make it a point? to using music as sort of like therapy, if you will? Yeah, um, I think, you know, when it comes to music being therapeutic, I've always been one to champion that, but like I've came to realize recently that, you know, that could play as a double-edged sword sometimes. You know, I feel like artists make it upon themselves, you know, to tell themselves like, you know, I'm going through this, but you know, if I write music, I'm going to heal because the music is my therapy. So I need to be in the studio. I need to be thinking about um, writing this out and how I can make this into a song. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need to express yourself and let, get those things out creative, like creatively so you can, you know, get those things out. And I, I think it is important to make it a point, like to, to make the emotions, to, to address those things. Um, you know, it brings meaning and, and it's going to help someone else relate to what you're going through. They may be going through the same thing. But I do think there's time where an artist should take time to um, just go within themselves and not necessarily think about putting it down on paper and not um, recording it. Of course, you can put it down on paper for yourself, like just to, um, whether you're trying to manifest something or just getting these emotions and thoughts out. But I don't think it's um, always necessary to put it onto a song to, for it to be therapeutic. Uh, I think, you know, addressing those things internally can bring you peace to be able to then go to the studio and create something beautiful that could possibly be reflecting on the emotions that you just experienced. But I was definitely an artist who really leaned on the music to make me feel better. And I convinced myself that I'm not feeling good because um, of whatever reason. And for me to feel better, I need to address it in the music because the music's going to be my therapy. But, you know, there is times where I feel like it's it's, it's just as important to, to not put it into the music, to, to really make that time to heal and, and to internalize things. and. To actually put yourself in a better place because there would be times where i would tell myself like yo um man I'm, I'm like stressing about the music and i'm talking to my team like yo i'm doubting the music i'm you know oh, i can't write right now i'm not in it like i don't feel it and there was times where i'm looking back it wasn't it was never really the music it wasn't about me making the music or not being able to be um 
uh, motivated to create music, but it was just because I didn't have myself in line. And it wasn't until I took time to get myself in line a little bit where I found it okay, like, oh, like I'm, the music was always here and I'm able to write um, and reflect on the experience I just went through without a problem. And it wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't because I, I couldn't like work with the music, it was because I didn't have myself in line. So I, I do, you know, I do make it a point to, to make my music like personal and to, to speak about my emotions because I think those things are very important. And I do still believe music is therapeutic for the artist and for the listener. But um, I just always, you know, I also think that, you know, sometimes we can lean too heavily on that therapeutic sense of the music being your therapy where you should, you know, sometimes if you look at other areas in your life that could be therapeutic, whether it's making that time with your family or, you know, maybe you can't, you know, or yeah, just like sometimes it's not always, it's not dependent. Like, yeah, sometimes the therapy isn't dependent on the music completely, you know, and I feel like artists sometimes get themselves locked in that way of thinking where the music is my therapy and like, like, you know, sometimes having a conversation with someone else can be that therapy you're looking for or looking within. So, yeah. So it's, I'm a bit like in the middle with that one. Just like, I do make it a point to bring on the emotions and bring on the experiences, but I also make sure I take time to really just live in, in real life and, and, and to, and to look within. You no, know, honestly, like you said, like everything that like I subscribe to when it comes to like the idea of like an artist, like you said, it's so perfectly. And I feel like, the ability that you've had, uh, I'm sure, like over the few years of being able to draw the line in between, okay, this I want to put on a record, this I'd rather just sit with personally or talk about it with people that are close to me. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that is also in itself a very big step in growth because exactly how you said, like, some things don't always need to go on the record. Some things don't always need to be put out for, for uh, like, you know, to be consumed by, by the listener. Like some things are just for you and exactly I, I think you said it perfectly about like being able to work through things and then align yourself so that yeah. when you do end up in the studio or uh, in that time of creation you're not really creating from like uh, like emotions or thoughts that are that are sort of scattered you're kind of creating from like sort of like a straight line yeah like being aligned like you're mm. you're creating from the space where you've worked through those emotions and like that turmoil or pain or whatever and when you do sit down to create, it's a lot more focused rather than just a bunch of like sporadic thoughts, really. Yeah, you know, because I think sometimes it's just we, we, we tell ourselves, you know, getting it out is going to make me feel better. But, you know, unfortunately, getting something out doesn't always lead to peace. So my whole thing is just, you know, definitely get it out there if you feel like you need to express yourself and like, get this out and, um, and all that. But just to make sure you take that time. To, to work on yourself and make sure you're okay because um sometimes just putting it on wax isn't going to fix whatever you're trying to fix or isn't going to give you the piece that you're looking for so it's just a just uh yeah just to keep that in mind for artists it's, you know, it gets hectic out here man it gets hard on the mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no that's that's you know big facts honestly big facts uh for sure and and we'll get back to that as well because i got some philosophical questions that i'm gonna touch on that a bit too but uh, just getting back to the music itself here. Uh, so besides your uh, your dad, of course, uh, who else were your um, like music influences growing up and even uh, today as well? Yeah. Um, so my dad being the, probably the biggest one. Um, so the type of music I listened to, like, so when I was like in elementary school, I was listening to like gospel and like. Um, maybe some 50 Cent just because of how big he was when we were younger. 
and so I wasn't really listening to a lot of that contrast is crazy though (laughs) (laughs) that contrast is crazy I listen to gospel music and 50 Cent (laughs) (laughs) it's true though it's true yo yo trust me man I was was right there with you bro I was right there with you yeah and like it's funny at that age you're not even listening to you know depending on your situation like I wasn't listening to 50 Cent to, to make me feel like you know like braggadocious and like a tough guy or anything i really messed with his melodies and i really messed with the instruments and i've and everything i wasn't even taking in what the lyrics were saying you know what i mean so like um but yeah no so i was listening to like okay like 50 cent um big influence just to bring me expose me to hip-hop was really like 50 cent and um kirk franklin i was listening to a lot of kirk franklin um i want to say michael jackson um chris brown uh well, also really an influence um mike and chris brown because like i used to dance a lot as a kid so i really looked up to those two um not only on the music side of things but like just like how they 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 dance and how they express themselves that way it was so crazy to me who were you listening to like this year uh like musically that you think has also helped you in your music career or just people that you enjoy listening to yeah um this year was kind of weird like i listened to mad music this year but it wasn't like it was more so passive music i wasn't really like tuned into a lot of music this year if you get what i'm saying um so this this year was more so um i can't really remember who was on my spotify wrapped but um for sure like i really messed with juice world like i have like a really deep resonance with juice world um i was listening to a lot of um reason from tde i think his album is incredible like that's one of the albums i actually really tuned into this year in terms of like running it back top to bottom i thought that was really good um so reason from tde um i found myself going back to a lot of my favorites like joey badass is always a go-to for me one of my favorite rappers um lauren hill oh my goodness lauren hill is one of my favorite artists of all time um Missy Elliott. It's a queen right there. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. Like, I think Lauren Hill is one of the most talented musicians of all time, like of all time. Um, I don't know what it is about her music, but it, it just makes me feel, I don't know, it makes me feel at, at, at home or at peace. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of Lauren Hill. Bro, it's soul, man. For real. It's soul, it's soul really, man. Because I get the same feeling with like uh, uh, Badu, like Erica Badu, I get the same feelings. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so it's more like passive music this year, I guess? Nothing yeah, really. Yeah, more, more passive. Really passively listening to like. And when I say passive, I just mean like, you know, I would tune in, but it's not like. I, I like digest music, like, depending on what I'm listening to. So, like, if I'm listening, like, I love Drake and, and all the big artists, and I listen to them avidly, and I look out for when they're dropping. But it just it doesn't have the same effect on my life. Like, it'll, it'll give me a good mood. But like, I, I like I listen to Reason's album, so and, and I take that and I and I reflect into my life and I and I try to learn from them. And not saying that you can't learn from artists like Drake and etc. But I didn't give them that uh, undivided attention when I was listening to their music. I was just if I'm going on a walk, I'm gonna listen to something. Or if I'm in the car driving, I'll just throw on some Drake or something. And that's what I mean when I say passively. Um, just no disrespect to any of them, but. But um, yeah, and you know, and I was also tuning into a lot of local cats too, like Trizit and Moby, as you know. Like Moby's crazy, and, and Trizit is crazy. And there's so many other 
wild, like crazily talented artists. Like, man, I just look up to them. I also tapped into like, I don't know if you're familiar with Kendra Diaz. You know, we play some of her music on the show. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's also super talented. I got to tap in with her earlier this year. And yeah, so I've just been, I'm kind of just like searching for whatever I'm going to latch on to next. Um, and I mean, Uzi, Lil Uzi Vert, it's funny because like, I, I love, like my favorite type of rap is like, I'm all about the pen. Like I love penmanship and pushing the pen and, and all that. But, um, and then when I tell people Lil Uzi Vert is like my favorite rapper, they're always like caught off guard. But like Lil Uzi, definitely like I listened to him the most this year. Probably Lil Uzi. And that's not passively like, cause Uzi's spitting some real shit. Like Uzi's spitting and a lot of people, I swear, you feel me? Like a lot of people overlook that. Like Uzi be actually spitting, spitting. It's not no, no mumble, nothing. Like he's really be talking that shit. So um, yeah, Lil Uzi Vert, definitely the, the rapper or the artists I've been listening to the most this year, um, with the exception of like, maybe from Ocean or something, but like, Uzi's definitely, Uzi, yeah. Lil Uzi Bird is what I've been listening to in 2020. For sure, yo, um, on the album, I, I can't remember the name of the song, but I was like listening to it, uh, and I was going for a walk, and like, when he came in with the Balenci, 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 yo, at first I was like, what is going on, bro? <laughs> but like, but like now, honestly, whenever that comes on, like it's so hard to me. Like he's not like you know what I mean. Like it's not even it's not even the fact that he's like saying anything like dope. It's just that he just you know it's like the tone and like the cadence and the way he's saying it. It's just it's so fire to me. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's the tone, the cadence, the energy, and like Uzi is also a dancer. Yeah. Like what he does with his flows is crazy because he's hitting marks like how a dancer would hit would hit them. So your ears, it's like playing a game with your ears. It's like hitting the move on time. Like it's 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 more than him just being on flow. It's like he's hitting different. Yeah. I, I can't even explain that shit, bro. Like it's so hard. He's dancing on the track, man. That's what he's doing, literally. Literally, yes. Literally. That that's it. He's he's dancing yeah. on the track. He's dancing on the track. Yeah. Like that's yeah, it's easy, man. No, yo, I'm uh, like I'm with you on that. Even um, cause like me too. Like I'm big on like uh, I'm on like lyrical rappers and stuff too. Like. I'm actually gonna ask if you've heard of Mick Jenkins because I feel like you you'd like Mick oh, Jenkins. Mick Jenkins is hard. Oh my god. Mick <laughs> Jenkins is hard. Yeah, I mess with Mick Jenkins. Super yeah, like, tough. Like even. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying he's super tough. Like the the waters is one of my favorite projects. Bro. Right? Okay. It, it, okay. So he so you say that so, um, so on the show um, at the end of every show, um, when I sign off, I say, don't forget to drink more water right since you listen to the water you you might know where i'm going with this but so i say that all the time in like it's dope that a lot of people take it for the surface value of it don't forget to drink more water or drink more water but for someone who's listened to the waters um and he talks about it in the album as well how water is synonymous with truth so like what i'm really saying when i tell people to to go drink more water is to seek more truth yes and like sure. that's what i'm saying so like and i've said it on, on every episode and like people sometimes people like they'll see me and be like oh yo dark like don't forget to drink more water and i'd be like word mm-hmm. and I, that's the thing but it's like back to when i asked you about like uh like the like the name kid filthy like you gave me yeah. uh, like a secondary meaning to it that i probably wouldn't have ever, like i uh, would have never thought right mm-hmm. so it's the same thing like if someone were to ask me what does drink more water mean i would give them like you know like the answer to that but it's like mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you can take 
mm-hmm. either the surface level of it or you can mm-hmm. ask the question and then take it deeper and then i'll give you the real meaning behind why i always say don't forget to drink more water yes sir like i love penmanship but it's like someone exactly to your point like someone like uzi or like young thug to me too is is like is dope like i love listening to young thug and people are like man like you don't understand what he's saying and it's like to me it's fire bro to me it's, it's fire, fire bro <laughs> it's fire. I feel like you know we, we 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 tend to forget like the roots of all this. Like people say, like, well, why is he saying random noises and stuff? Like, bro, like Rick James and them were they were saying crazy, like they were making weird noises with their voices. And like Jimi Hendrix, like those guys, there were times where what they were expressing wasn't even audible, but you could feel that. Yeah, it's, it's facts, man. Someone someone on a um, on Twitter was like was like, yo, like it's not fair to call it mumble rap because the people are just taking the slang from their neighborhood and putting it on tracks. And I was like, I was like, yo, that's, that's such a dope way to look at it because most people will just be like, oh, yeah, this is mom rap, it's a new genre of rap. It's like, no, it's like, things are being coherent. Like there's, you know, like there's coherent sentences being made. Yeah. But it's, just, it's just the fact that like, you're, you're, it's sort of like uh, the best example is like, people who speak like regular, regular English. If you go to yeah. Jamaica, those people are speaking English. Exactly. Those people are speaking English, but it's like, but, but but to you, it's like you have no idea what they're saying, but it's English. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's the same thing. Like there's certain, um, there's certain like like boroughs or like hoods and stuff where people speak a certain way. So it's like if those people are making yeah. music and they're from a certain place, it's gonna sound a certain way. Exactly, and it's like it's disrespectful. Like, would you tell someone who lives like in, like you said in Jamaica that they're just mumbling? You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like straight up. It's like it's disrespectful. So yeah, I just think people are just they, they want to make these artists poster childs to be taken down to, to be the, you know, I feel like every generation has this where um there's the like the especially with hip hop specifically, like it's there's like there there's the cool guys or whoever is supposed to be carrying the spirit of hip hop, and then there's the new cats who are always looked at as as a disgrace to hip hop. And it's happened throughout all of like hip hop's history, like you know, with Yachty being that like that poster child when you know the recent era began, like in like in the SoundCloud era, and then before that, it was like when when Nas and them were coming out. I'm sure they were looking at like uh, uh, what were those guys' names? Um, Kid and Play. They probably looked at those guys as as weird. And, you know, it's just always been like that. So, but yeah, yeah, man. Hip hop. I mean, like is... It's a balance. It's a balance. Exactly. Exactly. Um, in your own personal opinion, is there a song that you've made that uh, you've surprised yourself, like after you're done recording, or once you heard it back, you're like, "Did I really just make that?" Mm, wow, that's a good question. Um, it depends because sometimes, like, I'll write something and record it, and I won't get that feeling until the post production's done. Like we've made all the changes, it's mixed, it's matched, etc. Um, it's rare when I record something fresh and I'm like, whoa, or when I write something fresh and I'm like, oh damn, like this is fire. Um, not that I don't like when I'm writing, it's just like I don't give myself that um, like pleasure of like, or like I don't give myself that like pat on the back just so I can keep myself um, grounded and trying to make it even better. But um, I would say. The time that happened was when I wrote when I wrote the verse for Road Rage. Um, so be, before it became a, the whole theatrical thing, it was just a simple beat, and I I wrote that verse pretty quickly. Like I wrote it maybe like in 
10 or 15 minutes. And I remember thinking like, damn, like this is, this is a tight verse for how quick I wrote it. Like that's, that's probably like one of the times where I was like, oh damn, like this is fire. Like, I don't feel like I need to really change much. Like that's like one of the times for sure. Yeah, and, and that song too is, is, you know, it's a fire track. I feel like, I don't know, man, like um, I spent the other day like listening to uh, your discography on, on Spotify and like, yeah, man, there's, I would, honestly, I would say that there's, there isn't many like songs that you can like, you can skip and that's saying something too, especially for like uh, artists uh, that are somewhat local. Like I would say that, cause that's pretty hard, man. Cause I feel like a lot of, um, local artists they might be putting out a lot of like uh, quantity but not really quality right but, like I know for sure like yeah like even um, what was the name of the project you had before Broke Black and Bug and with Daybreak or something it came out in 2018 yeah mm, Daybreak yeah like, even, yeah like even on there like the song um, Filthy Interlude and like Murder off there like those are like some like two of my favorite joints off there too oh wow and like wow, thank you Yo, honestly, man, you deserve it, bro. So, like, uh, but yeah, so, like, it's, like, it's dope that you're able to actually have a moment where you sort of, like, sort of, like, surprise yourself. Or, like, or even, like, here's another question I'll ask them. Like, do you know, like, how good you are in, 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 like, what you do? Or do you just, like, or do you just not really think about it? You just sort of just do it and, like, you know, it's you. Wow, that's a real, that's another really good question, bro. You're killing this. Um, <laughs> real though, for real. Big ups to Darko one time. Um, I was just gonna say, um, you know, I'll just be completely honest. Um, yeah, so I definitely, you know, I feed into the ego sometimes, and I, I tell myself like, yo, niggas can't touch me. Like, uh, I'm, like I, I, I be getting in that mood sometimes. Yeah, I get in yeah. that space where you know, and I convince myself that I need to think that way. Um, you know, to keep myself sharp and to keep myself motivated and to keep myself whatever. Um, I think there's definitely a space to be thinking that way when it comes to hip hop. Um, it is competitive. It is, um, you know, it is a sport. You are exchanging. I, I, you know, when I get in the booth with somebody, I, I get into this mindset where it's almost, it's not that I'm trying to outdo them or I'm trying to like beat them or anything, but I like it to be like an exchange. Like, it's almost like we're exchanging blows, like respectfully though, like we're, we both respect each other's craft, but we want to like, we want, you know what I mean? You want to get into that competitive nature. So I tell myself, you know, I definitely, I, I, I try to, to sit in that place of confidence when I need to, especially when I need to like either perform or deliver for a track. But th there are days, man, where I genuinely don't feel that way. And I, and I, and I tell myself that um, I have so much to work on, which I still do. And I feel like, I mean, obviously every artist, there's room for growth, but the people that I look up to, man, like for me, when it comes to, and this might sound crazy for, for me to say, but I don't really care. So, um, when like when when J Cole drops, and I listen to it, I'm listening to it like I need to record something to respond to that. I listen to J Cole drop like damn, like my pen's not there, like or like okay, like maybe I heard something that I might have thought of one time, so it reassures me. Okay, so J Cole's tight, and like I look at these guys that I have the highest respect to, as not necessarily um well yes as the competition which is crazy because i'm just a local artist and i have like 
like J. Cole, like, you know what I mean? He's in a totally different realm. So how can I sit here thinking that he's my competition? But when I, someone's telling me that, you know, someone may tell me that the local guys could be my competition, but um, I don't look at, you know, and when it comes to the whole competition thing, I try to not focus too much on that because I believe we should all be focused on our own paths. But, you know, there are days where I feel like the man and there are days where I don't because I'm so worried about my bars not being as hard as Kendrick's or my bars not being as hard as Lupe Fiasco. I mean, like the, the people that I look up to in terms of penmanship are like worlds beyond me. So I don't feel that good in terms of like my writing. And I feel like there's mountains for me to leap to get to where I want to be. But um, there's times where I need to remind myself I can't think that way because that can lead to disappointment. That could lead to me being stagnant in other areas of my artistry. So it's I'm really in a limbo a lot of times, man, where I feel like I, you know, I can body anyone or any beat or any whatever. And then there's other days where I'm like, nah, man, like I don't have this right. Or like, damn, I don't feel as good. Or I'm looking at other people and thinking like, how, are, how, do, how do they do that? How do you think about that? Like, how do people even do this? Like, there are times where I'm literally smack in the middle where I don't know where my confidence lies, you know? So it's, sorry to give you like a 50-50 answer, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, honestly, I feel like, yo, that's just being human, man. For one, it's being human. Two, it's being an artist. I feel like uh, because uh, being an artist isn't like uh, the ideal job that people are promoting, I feel like the people who, who are artists in whatever creative uh, form they choose, I feel like their lives are a bit different than like the everyday person. I feel like their lives are a bit different because they're, they're constantly battling if not um, other people's expectations, but also their own expectations. So it's like, you're constantly always in a battle, regardless, you know, like regardless of, of like whatever's going on like outside, you're always, because the battle will always start within yourself. Like it's, you know, like I write yeah. something or you'll draw something, you'll create something. And then it's like, yo, that's garbage. Or it's like, yo, it's actually dope. But it's like, you know what yeah. I mean? I feel like, yeah, that, like the battle is just, it's constant with an artist, man. It's constant. For real, that's, that's so true, man. And yeah, it's scary sometimes. You, you'd be thinking like, is it always gonna be like this? Am I gonna feel this way when I've achieved what I think I want to achieve? And like, from what I see from the people who are where us as artists want to be in terms of the accolades, in terms of the notoriety or, or whatever making it looks like, it, you know, they've all said it well that it doesn't fix, like reaching your goal doesn't necessarily give you that peace of mind that you're looking for. So I always remind myself when I'm constantly in that battle with myself in terms of expectations and my own expectations and others, like I try to remind myself that, like, you know, me accomplishing whatever I want to with this next release may not give me that peace. So I can't always be thinking about the journey, the, the, the you know, the grind, the, I can't just completely submerge myself into that, um, submer submerge myself into that way of thinking. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, man. Like it's it's definitely a, it's, life. It's, a day. it's life. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's life. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah, it's life, bro. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we'll have uh, I think one more music question before we jump into a little segment. But um, what is something you want your listeners to get from your music? If there's like one thing or like a few certain things that people who listen to Kid Filthy should uh, should understand or get. Um, I think I want anyone who listens to my music 
to take away an understanding that they, you know, they've like, it might sound corny for me to say, but like when I feel like when someone listens to my music, um, it's it's so it's such a vulnerable thing that they're they're literally taking a step into my mind, and I just want someone to take away just my truths and my my fears and and, and my experiences, and, and hopefully that you know it plays a positive impact onto their own life. Um, and you know whether it does or not too is okay with me. I, I just anyone who does listen to my music, I want them to take away um, gratitude for me just being grateful for them uh, spending time with my with my words and with my expressions and with my with my art so if anything I, I want them to take away a sense of um, a sense of gratitude for me like like I want them to, to, to know that I'm grateful just for them giving me that time um, you know there's there's so many things I could say but like I don't know like I don't know what the right thing to say is but um yeah, if anything, if anything, just for them to know that I'm grateful for them to even spend that time with me, because I, I feel like if someone's listening to me, um, you know, just because I'm not there physically with them, I feel like that's an experience and, and a moment that I'm sharing with them, you know, whether it's a random listen that they fall upon, you know, my music and listen for like 30 seconds, I feel like that in itself is a, a some form of a human connection. So if anything, just to take away a, a you know, a positive, um, just a positive a positive feeling just to, to you know experience this and whether it's a, a song about my worst times or my best times just for them to be able to take that and, and, and maybe implement something into their own life that could either help them or inspire them so if anything I want someone to be inspired and to be uh, reminded that you know you can, you can you can do what you love and you can pursue what you love wholeheartedly and unapologetically so you know that's that's really all I can say oh, I think you said it perfectly Thank you, man. All right, so let's lighten up. Uh, let's let's lighten up the questions a little bit. Yeah, and going in heavy. <laughs> so some haymaker questions here. We've been going in heavy. Uh, okay, let's lighten up the questions. Uh, this segment, we're just like I said earlier, uh, just this or that. I'm just gonna list off a few things and then either pick uh, the former or the former or the latter, or you can say neither and neither. Yo, do you say neither, neither, either, or either? <laughs> that's funny as hell yo <laughs> English language is so trippy man man it gave me a headache when I had to learn this language when I was a kid bro um, <laughs> but um yeah no um I say neither I like maybe every once in a while I'll say neither but like I'm a neither either type of yeah neither either yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> just wanted so yeah yeah uh, so yeah you can pick you can pick um Either or, or neither. Okay. Right. Okay, so the first one, coffee or tea? Tea. Drawings or paintings? Ooh. Ooh. Um, painting. Paintings, yeah. Books or movies? Hmm. Um, to be honest, movies. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Do you read? I try to. To be honest, um, when I was younger, I, I was a bit of a book nerd, but like recently I, I haven't read, to, yo, to be completely bare, I haven't read a book this year. And I'm hurting because I really wanted to, but um, it's, it's just something I've like, you know, I, I read a lot of articles and, I, and maybe I'll, I'll tune into like, you know, I'll, I'll catch the newspapers that come in, like just to keep my mind running and, um, you know, that sort of thing. But I haven't picked up a novel 
this year and finish it. I've picked one up and, and I haven't gone through it. Um, my dad just has a bunch of books here in his library, but I haven't finished a novel this year, which is something I, I want to do. And I, I have three more weeks of this year left. So, you know, man, maybe, maybe I could just get one in. I mean, yeah, it, it, like pick up, pick up an easy one, right? Like Connor Pages. Good. Yo, Ben, I'm actually, yo, I'm actually gonna commit to this just so it's on the record, it's on Fox. <laughs> I'm gonna to commit to this. Not not only because it was brought up, but it was, it was something that was on my mind before this interview. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just see it through. I feel like this was a this was some kind of a spiritual uh, divine intervention here for me to pick up a novel. There you go. Well, no, and and the reason I asked that is because like, yeah, like even for me, like I spent um, all of last year, and I like I didn't read last year. Like I didn't read at all last year. So like I knew coming into this year. I wanted to make it a point and, and the thing is with, with reading it's one of those things that like the longer you put it off mm -hmm. the more you don't want to sit down and do it mm -hmm. the one thing I learned by reading before we move on to the next question the one thing I learned by reading is that like it helps with like long form attention versus like the attention span that we use on like social media and stuff like that right. so it allows you to like actually work the muscle of like long form um, attention span versus mm -hmm. like the way that the world's moving where everything is like you know like a microwave shit where it's like here and gone yeah absolutely i see that I feel like that's one of the biggest benefits for reading for sure absolutely yeah so so if this is divine intervention then oh god you know, three weeks to read a book on oh god bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, yo, I'm for real i'm gonna hold you, you like that I'm, I'm i'm a dead ass get to this and as a matter of fact i'm i'm gonna I'm follow up i'm gonna follow up on whatever i picked up yes uh pepsi or coke Coke. Uh, Chinese or Italian food? Ooh. Damn. Oh, man. Um, ooh, I stayed with an Italian family when I went to Montreal. <laughs> so well. I'm going to have to go with Italian. It slaps. Yeah, man. I love Chinese food, though. Don't get me wrong. I love they it. They keep you fed. Yeah, Italians keep me fed. Yo, they keep you fed. They do. Yo, yo, but it, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Mm -hmm. They keep you fed, bro. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm saying. Uh, okay. Um, uh, early bird or night owl? Early bird. Uh, chocolate or vanilla? I guess. I don't know. I guess yeah, flavoring chocolate or vanilla. Hmm. Um. I guess like a, let's go ice cream. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends on what I'm eating. Um, for ice cream. Yeah. Ooh, I'd say vanilla for ice cream. Yeah. Introvert or extrovert? That depends on my situation and depends on where I am and who I'm with. Yes. It really does depend. And like just my overall day, how it's going. <laughs> um, I'm at heart, I'm an introvert, yo. Like, and a lot of the things that I do when I'm faced with either trauma or um, just hardship, like point towards an introvert. So yeah, I would say I'm, 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 I'm an introvert, but I'm able to be an extrovert. Like I'm, I'm able to, to put that on but um yeah no at heart i'm an introvert yeah i know for sure yeah yeah i that one too uh winter or summer winter spring or fall fall cake or pie Ooh, pie apple pie to be <laughs> apple pie yeah yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure that's for sure yeah uh okay ketchup or mustard Ketchup. I love mustard though, but you know, ketchup is just gonna hold it down. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's comedy or mystery? Let's mm. go movies. 
Ooh, for a movie, it would have to be mystery. I'm not a big fan of comedy movies. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like a comedy movie, but yeah, no, that's fair. Not big mystery. I'm like dancing or singing. Oh man. Uh, damn, bro. To be honest, like that's. Hmm. Cause like people like this is something I maybe I hope to explore in the new year here or like not explore but to bring to light. I sp like I spent a lot of my youth dancing. Like that was like my thing. Like I, people who grew up with me know this, but like I don't think most of my listeners or like just anyone who's who I've met after the fact. Like I don't think they know. Like that's really my home. Like the dancing. Like I was in the dance team. I was always dancing, dance battles. Like that was. 100% all me and but um I love performing and like I love I really really love performing it's my favorite thing in the world to, to do a show and I feel like both of those things merge into one so for me like this is like this is definitely a 50-50 for me it's both baseball or basketball basketball uh facial hair or clean shaven I guess this is for you um well I'm <laughs> I mean, I don't have much of a beard. I've been trying to grow one out for some time, but <laughs> I don't. I haven't been baby faced in a long time, so I'm gonna say facial hair, just because I don't even remember what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but shout out. Yeah, listen, listen, listen to this though. Shout out to everyone that has a baby face for the simple reason that when everyone else is getting old and wrinkly and their face is gonna turn out looking weird, people with baby faces, we got the upper hand. Facts. That's a fact. You know, it's funny, my dad, he See? has a baby face. And like he, I, and it's so crazy. Like, it's something I never really, like, noticed until he said it to me the other, like, a couple months ago. And I'm like, whoa, like, you don't grow any, like, you don't have a beard. And I never really thought about that. And yeah, he looks young as hell. He looks great. So, like, the baby face guys are definitely, when they're older, for sure. There you go, man. That's yours. Take it. Put it in your back pocket. <laughs> Fruit or vegetables? Veggies. Yeah, vegetables. Veggies. Okay. What's the one? What's what's the one veggie that uh, that kid filthy loves? Um. Well, it's funny. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I love. Okay, my favorite vegetables is um. It's called uh. Well, it, it's called sombe in Swahili, but it's basically it's, it's spinach that's prepared differently, like in a sauce. And um, I'm sure other cultures eat similar thing, but um. Um, it's like the spinach sauce mix. That's like my favorite um, vegetables. Like, yeah, but it's like a steamed spinach type thing. Like it's different for uh, for us. Cause like, I mean like half of, probably like more than half of the food, uh, like traditionally that Congolese people eat is like pretty much like vegetables, man. So I feel like we're getting vegetables made differently than like someone just eating like a zucchini or something. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Um, yeah, no, like, and, you know, the thing is, it's, it's not like I'm an avid vegetable eater and I'm, you know, my plate's all green. It's nothing like that. It's just, I haven't really been eating much fruit, like, on the regular this year. I haven't really been picking up, like, an apple or something. Like, if anything, I'm just going to have, um, I'll get my fiber through the veggies and everything. But, um, yeah, no, like, I love, don't get, like, I love an apple and an orange and bananas and berries. And I love fruit, I do, but I haven't really been eating it as much. Yeah, so I had to go with the veggies. Sausage or bacon? Ooh, bacon. Uh, tattoos or piercings? Hmm. Um, well, I have neither tattoos or piercings, but um, hmm. I do want you know, piercings and tattoos. Which one would you want? 
I, you know, both, to be honest. both? In the future. Yeah, I, I'd want both. If I had to pick one, I would say a tattoo. Yeah, that's what I went with. I was like, I'm either going to get tats or I'm going to get piercings. But then now that I have tats, I'm like, I kind of want piercing too. Ah, uh, right. You should go ahead. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's a, uh, I don't know, but I kind of like my ears clean. Right. I mean, <laughs> Feel you. Obviously, like obviously, you know, like I mean, with a uh, uh, Congolese parents, man. The minute they found out I had tattoos, they were like, oh. "Why are you disgracing your body?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. So, oh, so I was like, mm, I was like, mm. I was like, you said that. I was like, you got tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, uh, well, I was like, okay, I'll, um, I'll stop. It's one of those things, man. Tattoos, like, once you get one, like, you can't just have one. It's, uh, it, it's weird, bro. Yeah, yeah. Okay, enough about Congolese parents. We've talked about that forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Oh, easy. Cats or dogs? Ooh. Um, I like both, but, uh, I, I'm more, hmm, hmm, damn. Mm. You know, actually, no, yeah. I'm more of a dog guy. Dogs. Yeah, someone was like, um, uh, if you like dogs, that means that that you like being in uh, being in control, and I thought that was a good uh, a good point because cats are very uh, like autonomous. Like cats just do whatever they want. They live with you, they do what they want, and then when it's time to eat, they're like, "Yo, feed me." But like dogs, dogs are there for you every second. They're like, you know, they're just there, and you can make them do whatever you want. The cats are very autonomous, so. Mm, that's a good point. I thought, it was a good I thought point. of it that way. Yeah, I just, I, that's a, me, like me either. Like I never did, but when someone said that, I was like, hmm, oh. kind of makes sense, but in a weird way. But washing dishes or doing laundry? Hmm. Uh, well, well, I do neither, so no, I'm kidding. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually do both avidly, but um, is this like which one do I like doing more, or which one do I like? not like enjoy the least like yeah yeah which one do you like doing more i guess oh, okay um, yeah which one do you like doing most i like hmm. well laundry's so easy so i'll just say laundry for sure i'd rather do a couple laundry loads than a big ass load of dishes and sunrise or sunset mm. Mm. sunset saber or spender oof oh god I'm in the transition of being a saver. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, yo, no, but for real though, like, I'm definitely like, like, going into the direction of really being smarter with money, just because I grew up without understanding the concept of money, man, and you know, uh, I guess better late than never. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more of a saver these days way more especially with this year man like especially with covid happening it was really a wake-up call that anything can happen in this world so like, you have to like 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 you know obviously everyone knows you got to prepare for the future but covid really opened our eyes to something else like this is completely out of your control you have no say so like you know we we definitely yeah no i definitely took this as a wake-up call and just made sure to take my finances more serious so i'm I'm, you know, I'm happy to say I'm more of a saver these days, but I've had, a, I have a long rap of being a spender for sure. Yo, yo man, it's the lifestyle, man. Gotta keep it up, bro. Gotta get the chains, the whips, the bitches. <laughs> Gotta get it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
Welcome to Rapper Joke. Um, okay, here. let's go. Okay, so um, I've seen you with with both of these, so this is a good question. Glasses or contacts? Ooh. Um, I mean, glasses are just easier to maintain because contacts can, like, I don't know, you can have your bad days with contacts where they might be a little dry or, like, the wind can even blow them out of your eyes. So, like... Well. Yeah, and you're constantly touching your eye. It's not the best hygiene thing. Even if you wash your hands, you just don't want to be poking into your eye all the time. So, like, I, I'd say glasses, just because they're the main maintenance is way easier. I don't have to like clean them out and, and put them in the solution and do all that every night. So, yeah, you know, I, I'd say glasses. Like aesthetically, maybe contacts, but like, yeah, I'd, I'd go with glasses. I'd go with I'd go with the healed vision in Jesus' name. But uh, at the time being, like, in jail. amen, amen, <laughs> amen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for the time being, I'm going to deal with the glasses. So two more. Um, spicy or mild? Spicy. It's not lousy. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one to end off with here. Okay. Bagels or muffins? Ooh. Hmm. Yep. Good one. Yeah, that is a really good one. Um, bagels or muffins? Are we talking about a breakfast thing? Uh, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, like not in the middle of the day. Yeah, because that's like the only time I'm gonna be eating those things. Um, oh wow, that's I never thought this would actually have me stunned because I really like both. And are, are you talking about like? Like an English muffin, or like um like a like a blueberry muffin, like poppy seed muffin or something. Right. Okay. Okay. Damn. Um. I you know I would go. I go with the bagel. Yeah, I'll go with the uh, classic cream cheese bagel. The last segment here. Mm. Before I let you go, we got five philosophical questions. Okay. So before we get into those, uh, and you talked a bit about it uh, throughout the conversation here, but what is something you've learned about yourself during quarantine? I've learned that I have a lot of growth to do as an individual. Um, I've also learned to be accountable for, you know, all of my actions. Yeah, I've learned, you know, the accountability and you know the self-growth that's needed but as well as just like i've learned in a sense like kind of who i am or who i am at the moment and where i'd like to be and what it's actually going to take for for me to see that and um i've also learned not to be in my head so much but you know i realized i really noticed with quarantine with things slowing down like i always knew that i was someone who's in my head but like I really got to see the extent of that during quarantine. Like, wow, I, I spent way too much time inside in my head. And um, yeah, I've been able to see the dangers of that and what that can lead to and how stagnant that can be. So yeah, a few things I've learned about myself during this quarantine. And you know, it's it was a little heavy or a, or a hard pill to swallow and some of it was uncomfortable, but I'm just happy I was able to come to this resolve and, and come to this and then face some of the things I've been running away from for a long time 
like quarantine made you know made me face these things and you know i'm grateful for that in a way yeah no 100 percent exactly you said um the fact that it made you um, uncomfortable i feel like that's where uh like a lot of people were during uh 2020 mm-hmm. and like for me personally like only speaking from my experience like that's when the most growth comes like there's times where like if i feel like i'm getting too comfortable i purposely make myself uncomfortable because like because yeah like i don't ever want to get to a point where like you know like i can be like um what's the word i'm content with like where i'm at or whatever but it's like you know there has to be some sort of mm-hmm. uh, a, like struggle i guess or something yeah some sort of battle like you know like as much as we don't want it there has to be something there or else yeah you know or else we're not growing exactly. as people so yeah i feel like yeah exactly how you said i feel like uh, uh everything you said i'm sure the listener will also uh, uh like attest to that too if they're able to have that sort of dialogue with themselves yeah. and that understanding of self-awareness too so yeah absolutely i think that's a perfect segue into the segment we like to call philosophical friday mm-hmm. so like i said five questions first question starts off like this is it possible to live a normal life whatever that is and never tell a lie and when you say tell a lie it's just flat out whatever that is not the absolute truth regardless of what the context is yeah regardless of whatever yeah okay i think it's like saying you went to a homie's house but yeah you were out at a party or something. Right. And just to understand, the question was, is it possible to live an ordinary life without telling a lie? Yeah. Uh, the question is, is it possible to live a normal life? Whatever normal means. If we say a normal life is some sort of balance, um, a sense of, of a peace of mind and, um, and, and being able to, to, to know yourself to some extent, then I don't think it's possible to have those things if you don't live in honesty. And sometimes it's really difficult to be honest. Like sometimes it's just the hardest thing in the world. But, um, you know, and of course we've all lied, but if there's anything I've learned from being dishonest is that it's never worth it it's never worth it and you know there's times where maybe you had to lie because something was in jeopardy like maybe i don't know like if a with your boss at work is upset that you missed work or something and maybe they threaten to fire you and you make up some crazy lie and and, and you know in result to that you're able to keep your job and you know feed yourself and and support yourself and etc like i would understand how someone would look at that as something that they you know they had to do but um I feel like being able to be comfortable with doing something like that will will just lead you to harming other relationships in your life and you end up lying in instances where you didn't need to because you've given yourself that okay. So, you know, and this is coming from someone who hasn't always been honest. I haven't always, uh, until this day, I'm still trying to to, to really live that life of, you know, being true. And if anything I've learned from me, either being caught up in a lie or seeing a lie turn into something that was catastrophic. Um, if there's anything I've learned is again, it's it's never worth it. And sometimes we're scared to tell the truth. We're we're worried. We're afraid. We're ashamed. You know, there's a lot of shame in having to reveal something. And you know, all those things. You know, it's hard 
to look at and to face and to, to feel, but I can definitely say, uh, confidently say that it's it's in your favor to, to tell the truth. Not only do you give yourself that peace, but it's like, you know, um, it just it nourishes your relationships different because even if you're not lying to the people around you, if you constantly lie to yourself, that's that's also going to affect your relationships negatively. Right. So it's one thing to lie to someone else. But, you know, a lot of us do lie to ourselves and that's when it hurts the most, you know. So I definitely think it's it's yeah, it's it's not likely for you to have a normal life if you can't be honest with not only yourself, but the people around you. Honestly, I love the answer you gave because you totally just like flipped that answer on its head. So that's exactly what the segment's for. So I feel like your answer is perfect. All right, thank you, man. And how do you feel about that? I mean, I mean, like, yeah, like everything you said is, is totally right. And I feel like there's going to be people who want to to live, I guess, like that quote unquote, like righteous life or that, that right life, if you will. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, like from my from my personal experience, like, yeah, like I've had like I've had to lie, uh, like whether it be to my parents mm-hmm. for certain things. But I feel like but but to dig into that deeper, I feel like those lies were told a because of the people I was surrounding myself with mm-hmm. uh, and B because maybe I was trying to be something that I wasn't mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like those lies came out of. Mm-hmm. out of a place where I wasn't I wasn't comfortable or like mm-hmm. okay with who I was and exactly how you said too like if you don't know who you are then yeah I feel like lies sort of become a norm in your life because you're always sort of fabricating mm-hmm. something on the go at all times right but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I feel like yeah in my personal experience like I mean I've lied before too but um, I would say yeah man, it, like it's definitely possible to just always be telling the truth but, he, okay. but here's the thing too like here's the question i'll ask then um um is exaggerating lying or is that just what is that mm. that's a good point um see because like yeah i don't know yeah yeah that's that's a good point um with exaggeration um hmm. because people do like when they're telling stories right they sort of make the story sort of seem you know like bring it to life and make it seem like bigger than it really is but mm-hmm. that's the thing too because then because then yeah like if you're going into it like into the question a bit more it's like technically you're not telling the truth or technically it, yeah. it would be a lie so then like i don't know so that's what i'm saying there's a lot of different ways to attack like the question right so absolutely i think it might go hand in hand um i know exaggerations sometimes aren't like coming from a place of malice or like trying to deceive yeah. Yeah, true, talking. true, true. You know what I mean? So you're trying to, like, entertain or, you know, I don't know, like, get some kind of a um, some kind of a reward system with your emotions when you tell a really nice, exciting story and people are amazed. It makes you feel a certain way. And I don't think that's, like, you know, and the context does matter, though, dude. Some people do exaggerate to a whole other level where it's just a straight-up fabrication. So I, I think it that might come down to context but at the end of the day like i think it's just best to keep it raw because you don't want someone to figure out that that's not how it went down and now you have to deal with the embarrassment and at the end of the day i think it's just 
it, it, I think the truth just stands and whatever that isn't the truth isn't the truth so it's gonna come down to whoever you're telling that and if they end up finding out that whatever you said wasn't the absolute truth how they feel about it well then you know that's gonna be whatever that is but um yeah I, I think it just it's I feel like sometimes we we really want to bend and look at something a different way when we all know deep inside what it is and what it ain't um when it comes to you know whether something like telling the truth it's like you know there's the truth and there's whatever that isn't the truth it's really is it's hard to swallow that pill that it's just that black and white but i feel like the truth like the absolute truth is black and white it's either is or it isn't so, no, that's true that's, that's true so i feel like yeah exactly to your point i feel like there is a possibility too but yeah you would have to live in that life where it's like no i'm just gonna keep everything like you know like 100 always yeah. just tell you how it is yeah and telling the truth is not easy like that comes yeah. with a lot of consequences in itself not everyone wants to hear the truth oh no, it's true exactly yeah. you know I mean? so like, that's why i feel like again people are pressured to lie because it, telling the truth doesn't always get you a pound on the back it, it really doesn't it could lead to so many things so like i i feel for people you know who, who find themselves conflicted you know when it comes to honesty because like you know there's been times where maybe an artist who I meet um, either plays me some music and that I might not always connect with. Um, you know, I do my best with telling them if I don't really feel it, like I, I'll try to constructively tell them that and maybe find something to highlight before I say that. But there's times where I'm, you know, I'm maybe I'm exposed to something that I just straight up don't, don't believe in or don't like, but I have a hard time telling the person that because I know, you know, I know that they need to hear the truth so maybe they can work harder and whatever but sometimes it's like who am i to bring this news to this person or to, to give this feedback like well why, why should i even tell them this even if it's how i feel it's like i know how it's gonna make them feel so it, that that makes me lie so and then someone can look at that as you know is that you being a dishonest person if it's coming from that place well if you want to look at it black and white it is you are being you're not being real you're not being true you're not being honest so it's like it's hard. It's not easy to, to be honest whatsoever. That comes, it's almost just as hard as being someone who's dishonest, honestly. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And then uh, just to piggyback off of your, your point that you, you made about uh, like listening to like a homie's music, uh, like I have a, uh, like a homie that plays us his music. And like after he's done playing it, the first thing he asks is, did that make you feel anything? Mm -hmm. Right away, since he's the one asking the question, mm -hmm. he wants the honest answer. If it didn't make you feel anything, we say, no, it didn't make me feel anything. He's like, bet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because then he knows that, that, that like, that's the gauge of like, okay, this song goes, this song doesn't. Because it, because you can listen to a song and like, yeah, the beat might be good and like the flow might be good. But if it didn't make you feel anything, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to go out of your way to replay the song. So mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's a good way to look at it. That's if you could become immortal on the condition you would never be able to die or kill yourself, would you choose immortality? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose immortality. Not on this planet. Not not in this realm, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Yeah. Like and like, you know uh, I'm with you. Yeah, no nah, man, I, I couldn't I couldn't watch my loved ones go and me sticking around. I would just that's hell. That's that, that, that for me. That would just not. 
that'd be the complete opposite of, of what some people might think that should be like that's no I, I wouldn't choose immortality um you know the thought of being mortal creeps into my mind damn near every day but like i i appreciate our temporary existence because it makes me appreciate what i have in the now even more knowing it's going to be gone one day so no i think i would actually go insane with living forever like what would that even be as, a, as an individual right like I, I don't know like how how could i lean on someone else's under like how can i lean on like you know i lean like in terms of my spirituality like i put a lot of the things i'm going through onto a higher power if i'm immortal like what would i lean on what would i you know who would i console into I mean, who could relate? So, yeah, no, nah, I would not pick immortality for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I wouldn't want to be immortal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next one. Um, if you could teach everyone in the world one concept, what concept would you have, would have the biggest impact, uh, the biggest positive impact on humanity? Mm. Um... Uh, sorry to backpedal real quick. Uh, just off the last question, if anything, yeah, I do want my music to live forever. So not not my physical being, but oh, I, yeah, of course. I would love for, for that to live forever and for that to see immortality. But, for sure. But, but um, sorry, could you run that question again? I just had to say that. Just I don't know why. I just had to say it. <laughs> uh, Ghostream broke black and thugging right now, available on Spotify. Okay, okay. Uh, if you could teach everyone in the world one concept, mm -hmm. what concept would have the biggest positive impact on humanity? That's a beautiful question. Um, the concept of forgiveness. Yeah, I think forgiveness. True, yeah, true forgiveness. Like, because, you know, I, I, I first wanted to say love. Yeah, I think love and forgiveness, they, I think they, they're in the same ballpark, but um, forgiveness in particular, because I feel like, like, just like, you know, I know we said for the whole world, but like, just so I can make sense of it, like, say, like, within our Black community, right? We have a lot of our Black brothers and sisters who, who hunt each other down based on th things that there's, they haven't been able to forgive someone over uh, like specifically with the gun violence within the black community right like whether the causation for the gun violence isn't necessarily stemmed in our community but it's like you know that cycle of hatred that cycle of revenge i feel like that really hurts this world a lot you know and forgiveness is is really hard it's 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 a difficult thing to really assert into yourself and assert to whoever you're forgiving. It's, but I feel like if we're able to really, um, yeah, if as, as, as a world, if we can forgive each other for, for the mistakes we've made and for the atrocities we've carried out, um, to come to a peace because, you know, yeah, I just feel like if, 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 you know, especially with the black community, if we could, if we could, if we could really instill like forgiveness, being able to, to let something go, because there's a lot of instances where, because you haven't like, like pride, like pride will bring someone down because they, they didn't come to peace with something. They still feel like they need to, to correct something. They still feel the need to, you know, it's that it all plays into that ego of, 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 
having something over someone or, or getting back at something that that emotion is so powerful and it leads a lot of us to do things we we shouldn't be doing or, or have no business doing and i think yeah i think forgiveness is a, is a big thing that's overlooked and it's also something that's abused of course there's times where we do forgive and we're we're, we're sure that we shouldn't have done so so i understand why someone might be hesitant and even accepting this or hearing what i'm saying right now um you know and maybe this is coming from a biased place because I've had to ask for forgiveness in my time, like in, in my lifetime. I, I've, I've, you know, shamefully, I've, I've wronged the ones I loved and I've done that before. And, you know, when you find yourself in that position where you need the forgiveness, I feel like the first mistake people make is trying to tell themselves that, uh, maybe not even tell them tell themselves, but deep down they, they maybe they feel like they deserve to be forgiven or they, they deserve or they tell themselves why is this person um, you know holding this against me to the extent that they are like I've shown you know I've I've I've, I've apologized I've, I've you know I've implemented change but I feel like you know we tend to forget that that forgiveness is a privilege and but I feel like it is a very powerful thing and forgiveness doesn't always look the same it doesn't mean that necessarily um, it doesn't always lead to harmony but um i think closure and and just not holding that grudge or not holding those ill feelings towards either yourself or the person you're feeling against um you know can it really does heal uh, the, the the spirit and i feel like if we could implement that on a worldwide scale um i think i don't know what the world would look like but i definitely think it would be pointed in the right direction yeah, sure. I, I think um, exactly what you said. Like, I feel like forgiveness is a big one too. Like, I uh, the one the first thing that came to my mind uh, was understanding, mm-hmm. and I feel like even forgiveness and understanding they both fall under like the big umbrella of love. Because I feel like mm-hmm. saying love is like way too broad and like general. Yeah. So I exactly. feel like it's all like the adjectives exactly. of love that are like the contest. You yeah. know what I mean? That like will eventually lead to like the end goal. But like, yeah, no, for me, like, I would say um, uh, uh, understanding, just being able to um, understand. Because I feel like a lot of things sort of happen out of misunderstanding. I feel like a lot of negative things in the world happen because people are just don't understand each other. So yeah. I feel like that one is a big one, too. But yeah, no, yeah, I, uh, like, I really fuck with your answer uh, because specifically it's a really big topic that has been going on Um well, I know for me too, like for from from my whole lifetime, like uh, the black on black violence and like you know mm-hmm. different parts of the world. So like, I feel like that in itself is a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a big one too. So yeah. So for forgiveness, the privilege of forgiveness, like you said, mm-hmm. is a really big one as well. The last question I have is, uh, and we touched on this a bit uh, earlier in the conversation as well, but is suffering a necessary part of the human condition? And what would people who never suffered be like? Mm. I think suffering is necessary. I think it plays into us having um, the need and the want to get up the next day and, and to achieve something better than whatever we just experienced. I think suffering pushes you to, to evolve. And I don't like a, a, a human race without suffering. Like, I don't think we want that type of utopia just because you know, of course, the suffering that occurs within our own lives and around, all around the world is horrible. And some of it is horrendous. And some of it, 
I can say we can go without for sure, but I think, you know, I think it kind of gives us a sense of like purpose almost. If life was just constant W's, like what, what are you working towards? What are you trying to achieve? I feel like, you know, cause yeah, no, I can't see it any other way. I think, you know, as much as I would love for some of the things that I've gone through to disappear from my memory or for it to never have happened, I know for a fact that those things not only made me who I am at this very moment, but it, it, those things are also gonna propel me into being greater than what I am right now. You know, so I, yeah, no, I, I think I think suffering is, is necessary. I think it is a part of the human condition. And I, I think it's, yeah, I think it is really important for development, for, for evolution, for just growing, for growth, and, and for, for having a purpose-driven life. Like you have to, you have to go through it you have to go through it. And, and, and I know that we all go through it, regardless of your social status. I don't think there's anyone in this world who who's never suffered. Maybe they've been privileged. Maybe they've, you know, maybe they've never yearned for something, but suffering can happen at, at any level and, 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 and at any level of life. And um, I think that's what keeps us as human beings to propel forward, whether it's the wars that we've been through, whether it's the famines that we've been through, whether it's the, the just the, all the historical events that have that have been tragic in human history have pushed us forward. So I do believe, and and I and I feel like in a way, like trauma and suffering could, you know, of course some people deal with it solely themselves, but you know if you're in a situation where you as a family are suffering, that that could tend to bring you even closer. That could tend to strengthen relationships and maybe even repair some relationships through the suffering. So there is, there's very, there's a lot of beautiful things that come out of hard times and turmoil. And I think it's absolutely necessary. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm with you on that. And like another thing I'll add is that, um, like yes, the, like the suffering and like uh, sort of like the struggle is necessary. I would say that the person who is experiencing the struggle and the suffering has to have a sense of sort of being strong enough to also deal with it because I've seen and like even in my own like personal life like there's been moments or times where when I was going through a sort of period of like struggle or whatever there's times where like I would just like shut down or I would do something to negatively uh you know stop like sort of like stop the growth that was that was necessary for that for that moment or whatever so i feel like it also falls back onto the person who is experiencing um that suffering to also again like uh, like we've talked about earlier like have that self-awareness too Mm. to be able to take that and like and um and build from it exactly Mm. said like be able to uh, uh to push forward with it so yeah. I feel like yeah, it's necessary, but it's also necessary for the individual to mm-hmm. uh, to know that this period of of darkness or whatever is, you know what I mean? Like you need to be strong enough to to go through it because on the other side it's just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you'll be better for it. Yeah. To have gone through it. Yeah, absolutely. Kid Filthy, I appreciate your time. I appreciate this. This has been something that I have that I have been looking forward to. Um, yeah, and I knew, like, uh, because listening to your other interviews, I knew that, um, 
that I could take you on like that journey of like spirituality because some of the answers you gave in some uh, in some interviews, mm-hmm. I feel like when I heard the, the answers, I knew that I wanted to sort of take that deeper because I'm sort of like mm-hmm. that guy. Like I consider myself someone that that likes to dive deep into questions and, and break things yeah. down and, and to look at things more closely. So I knew that right away that um, once I had the opportunity to, uh, to sit down with you, and have a conversation that it would be a very good one and this has definitely exceeded my expectations your answers are dope it's fire um yeah man i really appreciate you coming on the show today bro yeah yo thank you so much darko again like it's been such a pleasure um you know we linked at that movie show and i really messed with your spirit and your and your and the way you carried yourself when we briefly spoke after that show and, you know, I've, I'm a huge supporter of what you're doing, man. I, I truly believe in you and what you're doing. And I'm not sure what your end goal is with all this, but I, am, I have no doubts that you're going to reach whatever you want to reach. And thank you to you and to Chill Rose Radio. Absolutely. So grateful. Thank you. It was, it was, it was a good time, man. Thank you. It was therapeutic for me. You have no idea. We were just talking about how sometimes it's just a conversation that's therapeutic. And yeah. the music, so. Exactly. I feel like it's full circle, bro. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Okay, if you made it this far, thank you. That means you sat through the interview because you understand that I wanted to give you a really good interview. I wanted to give you a conversation that was worthwhile. So if you made it this far, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. That means you're able to bear with me. So I appreciate you even more if you made it this far. I'm really appreciative of Kid Filthy and the conversation we had. It was very therapeutic, uh, not only for me, but especially for him, as he says in the interview. So with that being said, don't forget to drink more water. Probably the most important thing I've said all day and all show. Go out there and spread love and positivity because the world needs more of it. Sharing is caring. Make space for one another. Allow space for one another. Learn to understand each other privilege of, of forgiveness kid filthy talks about that in the interview understand the privilege of forgiveness so yeah if you're hearing this we got episodes on youtube that are live starting all the way back in 2017 i'm just here to show my work chill rose radio on youtube chillroseradio.com is live updates on there pretty much every week every time a new video drops it's going to be updated on there episodes brand new episodes on all streaming platforms every monday and 2017 episodes moving forward every friday on youtube so yeah thank you again for tuning in i love you i appreciate you until the next one peace